Hi everybody, Wally here making a quick intermission. Now, we have been trying to make comments on episodes a thing for ages. And we just may have found a way, may, keyword may. We found a link, so we found an app that can give us a chance to leave comments. Kind of, that's not what the app is for, but we kind of improvised in a way. So, if you want to leave a comment on this episode, follow the link in the description. And this link, you can click on it. Leave your comment, view your comment, and view other comments. And you can also interact with other people as well. It's an experiment. Not sure it's going to go down. We're going to try out this for two, three weeks. All right. So let us know how you feel about it by leaving a comment in the below, in the link below. And yeah, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully it works out well. If not, we go back to keep searching. All right. Back to your listen now. Welcome to the Yellow Peel Podcast. My name is Wally. And my name is Toby. Each week, we take on familiar dilemmas and wicked problems that we all face. On the Yellow Pill, you can expect intimate conversations and provocative questions that can change the way you experience the world. So, shall we begin? Hello everybody, how are we doing today? Um, honestly, today is Thursday night. And I'm coming for the weekend. I've been talking about this thing with 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 you and other people as well about this just this time thing. I think I've said it on the podcast before. I'm saying it again. Mm. It's, it's really it's really bothering me this this time concept of how it's just like a week and weekend and then a week and weekend and a week and weekend. The month is gone. A week and weekend and the year is gone. <laughs> um. But anyway, <laughs> hi guys. How are we doing today? Um. Toby was watching our snow play and. Took yeah. forever before mm-hmm. he came back on the call. But eventually, that's not the knowing. Also, sadly, I'm actually sad that's not knowing the game. Mm. Um, it's it, it's one of those mixed feelings. And we'll stop talking about football here for those that don't give a shit. But it's like, um, it's a weird competition that for this season, because of what's happened in the league, that like the focus is not there. But the point is, it's still weird to like lose a game. Also, like the way we lost it. But we've all been saying that, you know, we want to focus on the league and just play week in, week out and have Man City go all the way in there. Because we actually don't have a team to be able to play on both fronts. Um, but I think I also wanted us to stay in so that the other boys that don't play as regularly will be kind of like fit. But all of them just kept getting injuries because they've not been playing as much. And then you throw them in, they don't play well. But anyways, that's done. I would try and shake off the annoying feeling. I hate that football does this, but there's so much research about why football does this to people. And I'm sure people are listening right now and rolling their eyes like, bro, get over it. And I will get over it. So let's do this. Imagine being a Chelsea fan this year. (laughs) But you're still in the Champions League now. Let's go now. Anyway. um, So maybe let me let you actually kick off, given that obviously I'm the one leading the conversation and the topic because it's something I'm thinking a lot about. But, yeah. Can maybe get your own first impressions about the topic, about the reality of aging parents changing, evolving, slash new responsibilities. What are the what are the immediate thoughts that come to your head? But like, um, I mean, but like when I sent it anyway to you. Yeah. Obviously, like, I think the source of this, if we backtrack before you sent it, that we should do it now. I think, you know, I think I'd mentioned it at some point in the context of something else, but something related. But I think as we, there was a time I was on Twitter and then I don't know, somebody or 
I don't know if it was a thing on Twitter, but there were a few conversations about how, you know, on sometimes you realize that your parents are actually getting old or your folks are getting old or just people around you are getting old. Like obviously you're, we as, as humans are growing older and we, because we're young and obviously we look forward to that, you know, crossing the milestones or maybe when I was a teenager, you wanted to get facial hair and things like that. So there's just always this enthusiasm about growing old. And I think for adults between like the ages of maybe 40, which is when I guess like late 30s or early 30s, 40s, our parents almost freeze in time in our view, right? You don't necessarily see them getting older because between like 35 and 50 or whatever, they still just look the same to you. You're the one that's changing as much. You're becoming taller than them and things like that. But then when they start to cross like the 50 mark, start pushing 60 and you're getting older, you're now even more aware of some of these things. But say if you then move away from home, because I think when you're with someone, you kind of like just everybody goes with the flu. And maybe when you go for two weeks and you come back and see. But now if you've been away for two or three years, always talking on the phone, maybe never so much video calls. And one day you show up at home and then you see and you're like, interesting, like people don't the age. Yeah. Um, and for me, the realest one has been my grandma because I've always like, yeah, grandmas are meant to be old, right? But for some reason, it's now like really, really done in that. Okay, like everybody's aging. And we'll probably get to this in the conversation about, you know, what that damn means as, as, you know, the children of these people or the grandchildren of these people. Like, you know, how is that changing our perception of either the conversations we have with them or the decisions that we make when it comes to like family. But yeah, that, that's kind of like my initial vibe around it. I think, I think you've already given a very good realistic picture that I think the podcast can end now. <laughs> I can just, I can just <laughs> call it a night and yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, you're right though. Like I like what you said about freezing in time. That is so true. Mm. And I like the breakdown you gave about when they get to the ages beyond that 50s, 60s, you then get like a renewed sense of sight on their aging. Mm you know, which for some reason was blurred or opaque <laughs> before you, before that age. Um, but yeah, like the other thing for me as well, maybe just dive right into it is why I've been thinking about this a lot has been, I think during my PhD, maybe a lot of things were not clear to me regarding the aging of my folks or changing behavior of my folks because I think a lot of their emphasis was on ensuring that I got through that program okay. Okay. No, not ensuring, but it's almost like I was shielded from some things just because you were I focused was on already them. on some, mm. I already had this burden that they could see I was carrying. Mm. And all of a sudden, like, now that I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, bro. <laughs> It's not, even, it's not even what they are saying, but it's just like a lot of things have just also just come to, to light mm. that I feel feels like more of a shock for me now because I wasn't progressing with those developments as much. Part of the argument there is also that, as you said, living away from home where you are a migrant and your parents are in your home country 
there's that transnational relationship that you share with them. And that probably also does not help to unravel developments that would easily show their aging. Aging mm. not only in physical attributes, but also like in terms of what's going on in their life mm. and what they think about and how they feel about things. And certain conversations that you would have probably had with them maybe about... Actually, I'm not going to, I'm going to analyze it because, because I have people who are closer, closer with their parents than I am closer with my parents. Mm, from a so distance. I can analyze it. Yeah. I have people who talk to their parents every day about everything, regardless of the season they are in. Mm. You know? Yeah. I think but we're... Bring it, but bring this back a bit. Um, yeah. Before I get into the personal, I think if I'm going to give a lecture on this, I'll probably start by saying some along the lines of obviously between today's world, which is 2023 and let's say 19... 35, mortality rates have, have started to decrease, right? Which is why the aging people live longer, right? In fact, I even heard that in France today, they're protesting because they want to increase the retirement age from 64 to 67 or so, something like that mm -hmm. by three years. I'm not sure about the actual facts, but I heard yeah. there's a protest in France, mm -hmm. right? And I'm sure the government has seen data of people living longer. Mm. Right, but again, imagine you having to retire three years later, which means you have to wait three years extra for pension. You know, mm. that, that's going to be a long time. But the point is, like, people are living longer. Mm. There's, there's a prolonged period of care where we're all, we're all feeling right now. Technology is helping. Mm. And, but in a way, that makes that, that phase of caregiving and attention to your aging parents a lot longer, which is good. It's not a bad thing because we're not saying that they should not live mm. longer and we should not think about that. Mm. But it just makes conversation a lot more perhaps prevalence, I guess. And I guess my first question I try to battle with myself and perhaps you and everyone listening is, you know, there's this reciprocal, reciprocal relationship between a kid and a parent as you age, as you both age. Yeah. Right. That evolves from you supporting and caregiving. In most families anyway, in the average family, Right, mm. average in terms of let's say social category, um, social class. Because I can yeah. imagine if if you're a billionaire, I mean maybe support might change from financial to emotional, mm. but on an on an average sense of an average family, it's probably financial and emotional and filial, right? Mm. But question I I start by asking myself. I've asked myself perhaps and. Perhaps relating to also your Twitter um, example is why do we, what are the reasons why we actually provide support to parents as they age? I'm not asking that to question why we, why we provide support. Okay. I'm asking that to just think about what are the several triggers and motivations that, again, these are things that are probably not taken for granted, but that nobody picks out and plucks out as a thing, something to highlight. Mm. But us being us, me being me, whichever, mm. I, I need to bring it out first. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, I, be, and I began to read about this. Okay. Right. Um, as we often do on the podcast, um, a lot of times, as, as some people already know, we read a lot of things. We try and break do. it down. What? Mm -hmm. I say you do. Don't say we like, <laughs> like you. I mean, we, I, I think we do. You just maybe read 
in different seasons, right? So I think, and you read different kind of content, but I think we yeah. both read, we both consume stuff to Fair. learn and to understand yeah. and have a conversation about it. Yeah. Because so, sometimes I talk about some things off the cuff, for sure. But certain topics like this, where I am battling with a, a thought or a question, before I come to break it down with you to get your point of view, I also have to come with some kind of Wallace head, but the world's head mm. on the idea too. And when I did my readings, I kind of found like a couple of answers to that question of why, what are the fundamental reasons, almost objectively, if I'm going to make a list, why do young adults provide support to their parents as they age? Mm. Now, I found about four main reasons, which I'm going to try and um, explain very, very briefly. Okay. One stems from the idea of reciprocity, right? Which I won't nerd on too much because, but that stems from that social exchange, economic exchange theory. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to go into that too much. But one stems from the idea of reciprocity and reciprocity, which is one of probably the the most ancient human, human tradition we have. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I think I wrote mm. about this in my medium um, stuff mm-hmm. that, that time. Mm. But reciprocity, reciprocity, I can't say this word. This is going to drive everybody <laughs> crazy. Reciprocity in the sense that we provide support to parents. Some people do, again, reasons why people do, right? Because at a young age, right, the care is given to you. Mm-hmm. Right. And in some way, you fulfill that obligation. You fulfill, you fulfill that obligation to provide that care. Yeah. Repay a social debt mm. based on what your parents transferred to you earlier in your life. Yeah. Right? Now, that's like a return on investment kind of reciprocity. Mm-hmm. Then there's the other one of an insurance kind of reciprocity where the earlier investments your parents had towards you or the earlier effort in giving care to you mm. are returned only when the parents need them. Right? Yeah. So it's almost like they don't need it. You don't have to do it unconditionally. But when it's needed, as a, as a child, you should be there. Okay. Right? So that's one reason, that's one reason I found why pe- children offer support not children, young adults offer support to parents as they age. Mm. The second one is love and altruism. Okay. Which perhaps will be everyone's, not everyone, most people's obvious answer. I love my folks, right? So I'm doing this because I love them, because I'm altruistic, and because my motivations have nothing to do with reciprocity. Yeah. It's all from inside. Right. And the next And that's outside of any kind of reason, insurance or investment. Mm -hmm. Now, there's the one you're probably familiar with, which we are all familiar with, particularly given where we're coming from, which is responsibility. Yeah. But not any kind of responsibility, not any kind. Because responsibility can involve, you just feel you're responsible for them. Yeah. But the specific term they use in literature that I read that consumed about this and this, which is filial responsibility. F-I-L-I-A-L. Filial. Filial is a word that just refers to the relationship between a parent and an offspring. Mm. And filial responsibility is a social norm. 
right? That reflects a generalized expectation that as a kid, she supports the older parent in times of need. Mm. You have a duty to support them. Yeah. So that's where we, and probably that tweet as well, falls into where, again, social norms are things we cannot touch. They already exist based on months, weeks, and years of social structures being built, built up. But it's a norm that would drive you to take action because it's so, so heavy. It's a cultural expectation. And that's the third one. I'll wrap it up here. Mm-hmm. The final one would then be motivations that are of self-interest. Okay. Right? So, you know, I started by three. With the first is responsibility. Second is love. Third one is responsibility. Failure. Mm-hmm. Final one is self, self-interested motivations. How might this look like? Well, there could be a child, somebody who wants to just demonstrate. They call that demonstration effect. Just show that I'm doing it. Just so mm-hmm. that I don't look like I'm not doing it. Mostly yeah. for yourself. Right? Or for selfish gains. Mm-hmm. Which is the rare bit, bit. Which is the dark side of things. But yeah, so those are, those are like the four that I kind of read across different literature and kind of gave me a good way to understand or begin to tackle this thing I've been thinking about in terms yeah. of before we go into the further details of um, dealing with aging, our aging parents and our responsibility in, in that side of their lives. Mm. But me breaking this, this down into for, I hope it's not major bored and asleep, but what do you think about what you've heard so far? Um, to be fair, I think obviously for academic reasons, there's a need to or there's a means of separating them into buckets, but I almost feel like there's never, like it's almost like love languages and whatnot. There's always going to be a blend of mixture. Nothing is ever isolated. So yes, you know, maybe why you're doing it is a mixture of responsibility and love or a mixture of all four. Like all four could lay a different demand based on what the need is, right? So maybe the basic thing you'll do is because of um, filial responsibility but then if, you know, you and your parents have shared some kind of history together or whatnot, it might mean that there's more addition on top of that in terms of the love side of things. Um, or if your parents are stacked and you know that they, like, you know how to press their buttons because, for example, there's the way you've grown up with them in terms of getting what you want. Then as you grow older, you'll continue to do the things that they want because you want to stay connected to like again, I guess this is the self-interested one, right? So I feel like there's it can ebb and flow is how I think about it, and I wouldn't necessarily look at it as like buckets that are very distinct uh, for each individual. Yeah, of course. Um, I won't. I won't say. I won't say one person does one, right? Yeah. Because a, I didn't read in depth to check out whether they also this they also manifest across different timelines and situations and across different kinds of support. Right, so I only gave a broad yeah. categorization of various kinds of supports you, you would, we, we might express towards our parents. Yeah. Um, but I guess let's kind of look at this filial responsibility idea of, never, let me never use that term, let me use everyday terms. That tweet that you shared with me, I remember the tweet was talking about how some parents should not see their kids as, as an investment slash 
insurance policy. Mm. Right. And that brings an argument of, is that a fair thing for parents to see their kids as? And as a kid, as an, uh, it's hard to say kid because I'm talking about adults, but as the, as the child of the parents, as, as, yeah. as, as an adult child, mm. how should you view the expectation in a way that is optimal for whatever situation you are in, whether you're, you're boxed up or you're not, whether you're a man or woman, Regardless of your demographic, how should you view that situation now? My parents are getting older, so I'm expected to support them. Yeah. Um, I think naturally, like even if you look at old, old text, and by old text, I, I mean the Bible, but um, we need to understand that the Bible itself is a cultural book that reflects in that reflected the culture of its times. And there was that expectation in there. Like, you know, children were at the start um defined or described as arrows in someone's quiver right so essentially you know parents or adults bringing humans into life you're bringing them not just because you you want to fulfill your right of you know filling out the earth in that sense but technically you've done work (laughs) pretty much and you've produced something right and so that thing eventually becomes a version of you and the way the world is designed you know, anything you put some work in, you want to get returns on. So I'm using this very simplistic terms, but I think I'm just trying to go back to like fundamentals from first principles, like what's the process of babies coming into the world? Um, and why would anyone want to have a child in the first place? Like we talk about legacy. Legacy sounds like a very, you know, um, what they call it, like a good goal to have in that sense. But in, in the first principles, what is a legacy, right? So you're trying to get someone to extend your name right and that could appear in different forms so for me i just think um just going back to your question that's kind of like how i see it it's not it's not a new thing and i know people have a weird way of saying oh it's weird to then paint it and say it exactly like that's like how you say your child is an investment but if we're being realistic and we look at the dynamics of the relationship both what's coming in and what's eventually going out of it technically it's an investment vehicle right yes it might do more than just that but there is that function there at the end of the day because we can also see what happens when that's not in the picture so for people that um do not have kids and you know people to take care of them in their old age the responsibility falls on other people's children (laughs) pretty much at the end of the day so maybe you're not the one that is directly responsible for that person um in terms of them bringing you to life but at the end of the day as long as there's that family connection in there and you were born into a family and the family exists, you know, at different degrees, that responsibility falls on somebody else's kid or n- nobody at all. And then that person sort of like, you know, lives life that way. Okay, so I think we need to break this down. Yeah. So you're, you're not saying that a fundamental reason for kids being born is to go to that Insurance, circle of life. Yeah. And help yeah. their parents when they're old. Mm. Are you saying that or you're not saying that? Um, I'm I'm not saying it's like I'm not saying it's the only reason, but it is a reason. And I feel like if I was going to put percentages on it, it's one of the top reasons. And we just have to be real why about people, it. Why so is it one of the reasons why in the grand design of life procreation exists 
or is one of the reasons why people choose to have children? Mm, good distinction there. Um, I would say there maybe is some biological part here in the sense that if we take away emotion and everything, um, life wants to see itself extended, right? And one of the tools that we have to see the continuation of life procreation. Is, is procreation. So biologically, there's, there's that. But, but, but biologically and naturally, this, life is not accounting for the care of the adults. Yeah, no, it's just, no, it's a numbers game. Even up until 850 AD, yeah. the average lifespan was below 40 years old. Which is why there were more children because all families will have more kids because mortality is for even children themselves where I think most times, you know, p- kids died before they were like 12 or 20 or whatever that number is. And so that's why you see families having like 10, 15, 20, 30 children because again, so that at least the odds are in your favor in that sense. But if we now try to look at, okay, why do you want the odds to be in your favor? I guess it's biologically, it's a continuity thing. Um, but I would argue that the next major reason is, um, you know, to continue the line or the legacy, yes, but what really does that really mean at the end of the day? So if you are, and again, we'll get to our own parents and stuff and, yeah. and how we feel about this, but so if you are then now a future dad, at the point at which your child is a toddler and goes through Obviously, it's impossible to answer because you're not a dad yet. I'm not a dad yet. <laughs> it's hard to even comprehend answering that question. But I guess I'm trying to understand what you think. And, and I, want, I, want, I want everybody to know that as I'm asking Toby this question, I'm not asking him to give me the right answer. I'm asking you guys to, to also th- ask your friends and think about it. Yeah. As I ask myself as well, as I say it. Mm. But, no but. And, mm. is the case now a case of like, Everyone who has a baby, in some sense, whether they are saying it out loud or not saying it out loud, whether they, whatever, whatever, whether it's implicit to the mm. core of their existence or their brain, whatever it is, mm. the efforts that they put into their kids, some of it, some of it is definitely love. A lot of it is love. For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. But can and we say, can we actually say for the average person? It's insurance. So insurance and investment. No, no. Isn't no. that? No. I'll, I'll say no, because I think, I don't think anybody then gets married and says, oh, let's have kids because you know, at some point I'll be old and I need so, this So that's the explicit. No one says that explicitly. No one says that explicitly. And I think even, even and, and implicitly as well, I think it's a thing that gets inserted or or becomes more apparent as the kid grows older. And it's not, so I'm saying like, at this initial stage, when you get married and that's what I feel and this is where I think about it, is that, you know, you get married and if you are the person that desires to have kids, you want to do that because really that's what makes the picture complete. And you're trying to check the boxes, not in a negative sense, but in a, just as you go and get a job, just as you go and yep. make up a So you're trying to do all of those things. And I think in the period of rearing, um, raising a child from one year to two, while they're toddlers and they're teenagers, um, 
you do that be, like I feel like after they become like a bit independent like and by, by independence I don't mean they're they're out of the house but they're almost they form their own thoughts and things like that by eight or nine or ten I think the thought of okay let's let's make sure you're ready enough to be out there in the world I think that's the motivation but it's not like let's make sure you're out there in the world so that when I am 60 you'll be able to take care of me it's almost like you you've produced this thing that you want to see be successful like you want to it's like you start building a house you want to complete the building and in reality completing the building of a human being is progressing them through life and giving them the things they need to be successful but i think at some point when you start to realize yourself losing energy losing sort of like the intensity that you have known yourself to always contain you start to look around as okay how can I make sure I'm still okay? Like, what happens if I can't work or something? It's almost like me thinking about marriage now. Like, yes, I'm thinking about love and everything, but I'm also thinking about, okay, what happens if, for example, I can't work for a period of time and, you know, who's dead? To, like, even as an immigrant living somewhere else, that's, that's something you think about as well. Like, we well, are yeah, the only one here. So if something happens, would you, <laughs> you know, would you? I had to adjust call? my emergency contact. <laughs> um, I had to put a contact in. I remember yeah. one time, I think last yeah. year. Uh-huh. And that was the very first time I realized, <laughs> holy crap, <laughs> like, who goes into this? Yeah. I mean, I eventually put my, my very good friend, Ruby, but yeah. just the thought for like five seconds. Or, no, exactly. more than five seconds, a minute yeah. to just think, when before at home, emergency contact. Yeah. When, when before you be at home and you just, you, put your, <laughs> you just put somebody there, you put your mom or you put your dad and things like that. Um, so, so yeah, so, so I think... Um, to answer your question directly, and maybe we can shift the gears a bit, is that explicitly nobody says, I don't, I don't think a majority, not nobody, major, I, won't, I won't say a majority of people explicitly decide ab- about potentially bringing kids in because uh, as an insurance policy um, across time, I don't think that's what people do. Um, and implicitly, I don't think it happens very early. I think it's later on in most cases that that starts to become a thought, but not even only, maybe if only a few people then make it a, a theme in conversations with their children that this is why I'm doing this thing, right? Okay, so I'll be frank, right? I'll be frank and say, amongst those four things I raised, categories. Yeah. My age now, right? Not 30 yet, but my age now, where I'm at. Amongst the four, the biggest thing that drives me, before I even found, before I, before I read about this, but what I've been feeling after reading about this, I think my biggest driver concerns for care has been reciprocity. Mm. Doesn't mean I don't love my folks. Mm-hmm. I do. I don't think it's about feeling responsibility of me feeling like I'm supposed to do that. Mm. I think I've, I think I've, I, I, I've, I think I've quite, I've always been, not always, but I think I'm already quite. Of a, of a heterodox that I don't think I would subscribe to a norm that I need to follow anyway. Mm. But after reading this, after reading this tip for like two days, I think I realized that what I've been, my concerns have come from an incessant f- need or desire to give Which back. But based yeah. on what I knew was invested. Yeah. And I'm asking that question now, and yours might be different. Mm. Um, I if think I, okay, we can ask the entire audience now. I'm sure everybody yeah. will have some, 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 some people will just say it's just love. Yeah. That, that's a fundamental or dominant driver. Yeah. 
I think my my dominant one is filial responsibility. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, do do you know why? Do you yeah. know why? For me, I can I I, I know why. Can you um, share why? That that was what I was thinking about. Like, you don't have bit, to. Just yeah, just. yeah. No, I I think just the dynamics of of you know how I was raised as well and the circumstances around. Um, I do this thing where I'll just say plenty of words. I'm like Ateta in this sense. I'll just say plenty of words and only be like, okay, what have you said? Because you do. Um, but I think obviously my my dad passed away when I was like what five. Um, and responsibility kind of like shifted. Um, and. I saw sort of like kind of like what that then meant in the sense that my mom had this kid that was like still young, but then she was also still very young as well. So all of those dynamics. Um, so lit- are you saying, sorry to put you, but you observed it. Like, like you, you could observe that reality going on, even though you were young. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in my own little way, in terms of how it impacted me. So for example, you know, maybe I was supposed to go to a particular school, but at that point I couldn't because, you know, the main source of, of provision was sort of like, you know, cut at that point in time. So I think um, I watched my mom sort of like make certain like sacrifices, but not necessarily like monetary ones, which is why the reciprocity wouldn't necessarily come in per se. But I watched her like be my mother, you know, in that, in that aspect, right? Um, and so for me, um, that's why it's filial responsibility because, okay, now I'm going to be your son the best way that I can because I know, you know, you were my mother the best way that you could and you've continuously been that. So mm. um, there wasn't a lot of, yeah, I think for me, I just didn't see my relationship with my mother as one where there was an exchange of um, monetary things or whatnot in that way. So for me, there's no pressure to return it in that aspect. Do you get but, as opposed, yeah, go on. Uh, sorry, finish, finish. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry. As opposed to, as opposed to like a different case where, you know, uh, maybe your dad or whatever buys you your first car, you know, sends you to the best schools or whatnot, and there's a you can almost be measuring the kind of investments that have been made. But let me let you jump in here. Okay, so I think f- first thing I should clarify is reciprocity does have to be the same kind of thing. So let's no, no, say sure. yeah. your parents might give you the obvious things of fees, shelter, hopefully shelter. Please say hopefully. And every other thing that comes with financial investment and emotional investment. And you can, you can maybe repay that back with Rents. attention, preventing okay. loneliness. I mean, my point is you can pay that back through other ways, not particularly the same kind of exchange some kind of input that was given to you when you were younger. What I would say though is that what determines how you pay back is usually what the needs are, because if yes, yeah, huh? Because good, if good point, exactly. Because but, if but yeah, the, the difference is that when you're paying back, it's not an accounting. You're not accounting. You're not trying to balance. No, you're not accounting. Yeah. But the act of paying back is for for it to be reciprocal. You are feeling it. I don't get. It. Explain what you might feel in it. So, raising you is 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 actually a burden. Not you, me, any, <laughs> any kid. Yeah. Right. It's 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 not a walk in the park. So it can't be reciprocal if you're doing something. Maybe it can, but it's a question. It, it can't be reciprocal if you do something that's not costing you. That is just like you blinking your eye. 
Yeah. That is not effortful in any way. Yeah. So what you're saying is the reciprocity is matching the effort and intensity, not necessarily the exact kind of thing that was done. Right. It's taking out something from you too. It has to because then that that makes it a maybe it doesn't have to because maybe it doesn't have to because you could be equipped enough that you can meet their need without having to feel any kind of effort. Yeah, or if it is financial. Exactly, and that's that's why I said it also depends on what the needs are because like like imagine your parents were the trust fund babies, the original trust fund babies. So they yeah. you understand at that point in time. I feel like, you know, what their needs would be in old age would be very different from if, you know, you guys, um, the, this family had to like struggle their way to a certain point and then you were the one that broke out of, of the family to be very successful by the rights, right? Yeah. But what the difference is between responsibility and filial for me is that filial responsibility, a.k.a social expectation of duty comes from outside. Responsibility feels like <sighs> comes from inside. Am I wrong? Because I was, cause as you were speaking, like, I wanted yeah. to ask you, like, for, so, so from what you're saying, how's that, how's that different from reciprocity? Yeah. Okay. I, I get that. Like, if you then define the filial responsibility, if you add the caveat or the description that it's mostly from outside, like cultural I mean, expectation. By by default, right? It's it's a generalized normative expectation. Yeah. That an adult child is supposed to support the aging parents, and if we have that normative expectation, it's a social so, cultural. So that's thing. why I said, that, but that's why I said it's almost like a blend because the social cultural thing. Why did why does the society expect the filial responsibility? you most likely say it's because of reciprocity, right? So I'm saying, like, it's almost within, within failure responsibility, it's inspired. Like, what, the question I'm asking is, like, if you say failure responsibility comes from the outside, what is causing the outside to want or to determine that or to say that that's a thing? And I would say it's the idea of reciprocity. Okay, let me pause. Yeah. You're, you're, you're asking a question that is very, very deep that we can answer on this call because <laughs> you're, you're, what you're asking is, how does microactions of individual people lead to social structures being developed? And how does that go back into individual actions? I guess. <laughs> that right there is a is 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 a module in a university. <laughs> <laughs> well, but because right? that that's how I see it though, because Yeah, but, but I, I guess it, my, it, my, it my piggyback to that yeah. is it is not that simple. Yeah. I think we can say that to both things. Like, it's not that simple that society is inspired by reciprocity and so that feeds into filial. But it's also not simple to just say filial responsibility is from the outside and reciprocity is from the inside. That, that's kind of like why no, I say No, I'm not saying yeah. that. I'm saying for yeah. me. For you. Right. Okay, that's how you're saying it. For, for me, that's me, not how I see it. For me, right? what if someone if something is a social duty if you yeah. like an unwritten script that you have to follow that, that one has to follow right but if the unwritten script is is true for all intents and purposes and what is inspiring your written script is positive then for me it's not a bad script to follow 
is how I'm thinking about it. So are you saying that from everything you've said, there is no yeah. difference between, there's a big difference between that and reciprocity? Because I guess I'm asking like, we're, we're, I'm yeah, generally yeah. asking, why I didn't say reciprocity, yeah. What's the difference between what you said and reciprocity? Maybe there's I, no... I'm genuinely yeah, asking that. Yeah. And, I, and I'm saying, you know, that's how I started this conversation by saying, I don't think they are distinct buckets. And which is why I mentioned the deep thing about the social thing. Because for me, it is reciprocity and it is filial responsibility. I don't think I can untwine both of them so much to say it is one more than the other. And if I was going to try, I feel like I'll find myself leaning towards filial responsibility than some idea of reciprocity because of the thing I mentioned about the context in which I was raised and everything where, again, but you then try to clarify that obviously the reciprocity can also not be in terms of the exact thing that was given, but it could be the intent or the feeling behind or the sacrifices yeah, I mean, that were made. I was yeah. just guessing. I don't know what that... Yeah, so my, yeah, with, yeah. with that point, maybe that will pull me towards um, you know, reciprocity, but I was still, in my head, I was still thinking, well, that's kind of like also what powers feel, uh, the failure responsibility parts. Like for me, I'm not doing it because culture is saying you must do it. For me, I'm doing it because like, like you said, I don't know the way I heard you de- describe filial responsibility. There wasn't like an emphasis on because everyone expects you to do it. Um, but if we're talking about expectations, then maybe I'll just put myself in responsibility so that we can push this conversation forward. <laughs> but I know that came out, that came out like, let's just go. But no, that I just mean, <laughs> I just mean like no, at no, this no, point, no, it's semantics. No, 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 yeah, no, 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 yeah. no. I, I get yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It's a, I get it. I get it. Um, Guys in the audience, as you're listening in the audience, like they're there. <laughs> well, um, maybe as we're talking, obviously, like on the Spotify thing, there's a way you can, I guess, share your thoughts. But um, as you're hearing us go back and forth on this thing around, you know, feeling responsibility and reciprocity, like maybe the tricky questions are, um, I'm not trying to put you in an exam here, but, you know, for you, what is the difference between those two? Um, are they separate enough for you guys? And then where do you find yourself leaning a lot more on? It's quite funny because we then didn't mention the other two, which is, I can't remember what the first two were. Well, love on altruism one and, <laughs> it's funny, right? so we and self-interested <laughs> motivations. So it's easy to put the self-interested one at the side, but it's funny how we didn't maybe we, 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 we never... <laughs> because which is why, like, when I said mine, I, I said, it's not like I don't love my folks. Oh my but God. if I'm being honest. Yeah. Right. I guess the question is, what does... I was going to say, what does love make you want to do? Because for me, even in all my relationships, love is not a motivating factor. For me, it's too, I don't know, maybe it's just me being too, To do what? To do any, I don't know, to do a lot. Because like, right now, yeah. we're only speaking about support and care. Yeah, no, but I'm now, I'm trying to widen that bucket, right? Like, would I... Let's let's talk about relationships, even though it's not a relationship episode. If I love, okay, I say I love this like babe and whatnot. Um, when I when I wake up in the morning to text the person, is it be, is it a feeling of love that is making me want to text the person? I maybe at some point later on for me it becomes duty and responsibility, but I enjoy that. Not that I'm being forced to do it, but I don't know. That's how I think about it. I'm just saying, like for me, love doesn't. <laughs> this is <laughs> very funny an, because an, I was. <laughs> This is, yeah. this is actually very funny. What you just said is actually yeah. very interesting. I'm glad you yeah. said it because I think that's helped me a lot. Yeah. Because I think maybe, maybe that's another podcast. Okay. I just actually had a, 
a 10 minute thought about that mm. about how do I separate routine from emotion and how do I understand one's one's engagement with me as routine versus affection inside routine versus routine only mm. routine only how do mm-hmm. I understand or figure out when it's routine without any affection mm. and at what point do I begin to act so I literally had that debacle with myself just yeah about two hours for this for this course. <laughs> you, you saying that is is there a deeper cheer so what <laughs> it is yeah it yeah. is um, I guess I'll answer the question in the next episode <laughs> oh yeah true because of what what are we going to watch that would be interesting anyways um, and this came from me just trying to tell you guys to tell us your thoughts in the comments I could have just said that okay, okay but let's speak on the gender aspect mm, yes and the socioeconomic aspect yes please because let's not be guy let's not be fooled everyone and again I like t- I don't I don't talk on podcasts I don't talk here I see people are stupid I know everybody's intelligent <laughs> even, even more even smarter than I am but because I know you guys are also intelligent I know that I'm not going to act as if you guys don't gender and the, and our socioeconomic status plays a big role in this mm. Simple as that, right? Yeah. We can go on and on about pff, the ideal worlds, but these are two big things. Gender, maybe not too much, but socioeconomic factors are very important. But let's start with gender, which is quite perhaps easy. Mm. I don't know about you, but I think given what we've just gone through, the examples where we've looked at those four I think the fact that we didn't mention love and altruism, I'm guessing if we, if we spoke to 10 women, that might come up more yeah. than we spoke to 10 men. Yeah. My guess. It could be my, <laughs> my bias. Um, I mean, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't like, no one can see my face right now, what I'm doing. <laughs> but it, 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 it could be my bias or oversight or ignorance, whatever. Fair enough. Yeah. But that's what I suspect. But if I do yeah. research, I put a hypothesis and I give my reasons why. And I think that for guys, you find more people for providing, talking about supporting financially. Yeah. But with e- extrinsic resources. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I said, okay, you know what? Let me actually read about this. And a part of what I read was, I did find, although it'll be quite, quite a long time ago, but yeah, there were some, there were some studies that did show that you that for 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 guys is more of providing financial support to parents. Yeah. When they are caregiving for their adult parents, aging parents, and for women, it's more of providing personal care and housing. Yes, but I would which, say which is why. Yeah. Which is why I go on. Which is why I don't know about you, but I realize like a lot of times in households, when somebody's more- parent comes over. Yeah, it's often the the wives. I mean, it comes to stay because 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 they have to look after. Her. It's often the wives. 
Yeah. I mean, um, I've got a, I've got a dark reason why that may be the case, <laughs> but I, I can't say that. No, but funny enough, I've experienced both, both um, dad's mom coming to to live, um, but then mom's mom as well. But I think it depends on what which one happens first. To be fair, but I think more often than that, not, that was my yeah, dark reason. Exactly, you can't have both of them. You would have only just dark one. My, so, so my dark reason the, was the yeah. man is probably older, which means his parents are older, which means they've kind of like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a dark reason. That's just very practical. Um, well, given how yeah. I speak, I, I think I, I've People learned today like, as well <laughs> that I need to understand to. I need to also understand that nobody understands that when I speak certain ways, I'm not upset. I just speak that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, because yeah. if I don't smile on my face, some people think me saying yeah, some things I'm upset. So I just mm-hmm. got to clarify Fair some enough. things lately. New lessons. Um, but what I was going to add here about this whole gender dynamics as well is the fact that I think it also depends on the family context and situation. And what I'm talking about is being the firstborn and having siblings. Um, I think firstborn... Yeah, that's very important, actually. Yeah. Firstborn women in families um, technically also have double the responsibility on both the financial side and on the other sides that would associate with more women. Um, so yeah, that's mm. that's a thing. Never especially yeah, especially especially if which is kind of like maybe you can then speak from your experience because you're the last born um, and you have two girls in front of you. But especially if the 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 guy is further down the line in the family right so if he's like in a family of maybe in a family of a girl and a guy and the guy's a second born and the distance between them is like one or two years the effect is not that much but when it's like the firstborn is a woman and she's almost like five six seven years um or almost 10 older than the boy when eventually is born um then she technically assumes both the role of the son in the cultural context of it and then also has to take that responsibility as the woman as well what i'm not questioning what you're saying but yeah what inspired you know, or drew yeah what did you draw on to to get to this oh friends friends that are in that position so evidence and evidence, evidence yeah empirical evidence non-scientific what, empirical evidence what's but still valid because yeah. you're you're and i think you're right yeah um I think you're right, to be fair, because the more I think about it, I think if I was the firstborn son, <laughs> if I was the first, I'm the firstborn man, only son, yeah. but if I think if I was the firstborn, first child, yeah, first child, life would be different, <laughs> bro. In, in this conversation, yeah, very different. You'll probably be responsible for your siblings more sooner than you would have expected, yeah, in a very weird way. Um, so I guess I am actually thankful that I'm not. <laughs> I'm also thankful that in it's some not because way, I'm shy from responsibility, but yeah, it's already already feels so hard now. <laughs> so let, let me lighten it a bit because the pres- where I source this evidence from, particularly, it's worth funny because we had this conversation quite recently. Um, it's now also affected what she's looking forward to because she's like she actually would not want to marry a guy who is the firstborn. Ah. Oh. Yes, <laughs> because he will have responsibilities and she really wants to be taken care of, but she knows she might come second because he will have a lot to deal with. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when she told it to me, like, I was like, you know what? Fair play. 
Fair play. <laughs> like, 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 I, I had, I wasn't trying to come back. I wasn't, but for me, I was like, like, you know, when you've never really thought about something, but because somebody has experienced it and they lay it out and you're like, you know what? You're absolutely right. To, to, to arrive at that kind <laughs> of conclusion, <laughs> she's felt it. Yeah. And she's still feeling it. I won't even argue that she's not still feeling it. So there's that. So it's like a constant reality for her. And so she, obviously, you know, if you fall in love, you fall in love, but just practically and looking at empirical or non-scientific. So there's even like the other dynamics of the siblings, because when there's dynamic, if you're in a family structure of three, four, five siblings, uh-huh. it's so different from when you are one really? child. Yep. Very, 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 very different. Very different. I know. I, this is something I've thought about as well. I've been able to make some of the decisions in life that I have and I'm still making because I am technically an only child or at least everyone in my family who is a sibling is a lot older than I am. And yeah, just a lot older. But funny enough, one could argue that because they're a lot older, then I can lean on them for certain things. But my family just wasn't. The dynamics weren't that way. And so in a different way, there is that leaning on. No, you know how like, oh, when, when you don't have money, you call your you call your older brothers to send you money. Like I never did that. And there was not, although there were people that I could do that with, I just wasn't raised that way. So for me, if you can't buy it, whatever you have, you, you cackle and you move forward with life. Right now, obviously as I'm, as I'm older, like every time I come, go to the UK, I don't spend any money on accommodation or whatnot because I have family there. Um, so one can argue that I'm now reaping those benefits of having older siblings in my life. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's exactly. Not, that's, not, that's, that's a stretch. That's just Exactly. Normal. That's exactly pretty much. So, so I, I'm trying to say that now I feel like I've been able to say, oh, I want to quit my job and take on like entrepreneurship or whatnot and go through a season of not earning as much because again, I don't have responsibilities. And this is a conversation that I also drew from somebody else where you know, for them to make the same decision I made, they had to make way more considerations and it ended up making them realize they had to stay in their job a bit longer because there were bills and stuff to, to uh, deal with. So, yeah. So, I, so I think we're, I, I think we're, we're, we're going to even... Coverage. Uh, yeah, different topic. Yeah. Different topic. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're we, we already to, are. <laughs> a topic that, that's actually on our roadmap actually, but we're going into the topic of first, second bond, first, second and third bond dynamics. Of, yeah. Which we talk about a different day. Yeah. Yeah, um, but it's kind of it's connected, right? Like it is, it is, it is. Okay, let's come back to Fidel. where does the line of like our socioeconomic status fall into this expectation to provide care to our aging parents? So let me try and break this into categories. For example, is it that when one, let's say parents is in need, parents is in need, right? That's a constant. Mm. Variable one, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't see you talking like a like, like freaking mm-hmm. robot. Mm. Example one is like, you have a person, right? Let's call him G-Day. So constant is a parents in need. G-Day doesn't end much. Right? Mm. Question there is if his parents is in need, right? Should GD, regardless of what doesn't, regardless of not earning much, is it, is it, is he expected to cough out some proportion of what he's earning? Mm. 
right? And obviously have that sacrifice for his life. Hmm. When perhaps one can say the aging parents' needs, I know in an emergency kind of situation, but more of a constant support kind of thing. Number one. Hmm. Number two is when can he No, no. when. Can he have a timeline for starting in terms of like, so let's say Jide is 24 now and his mom is 64 and his mom can do with some monthly allowance. Yeah. Can, can we say, okay, Jide is 24 years old. He's already earning money at 24, albeit not a lot. Graduates money. He has to start pro- um, contributing proportional to where he's earning. <laughs> or... Are we, can we say that, okay, let's give you some time to get some money up first? Um, the way I would respond to this one is there, there are different angles you can come at this from. You can come at it from the logical, practical, analyze the numbers and data thing. Um, but I would argue that on the spiritual side, there's also um, the, the spirits behind whatever it is you choose to do. You get, right? So there's, and what I mean by that is there can be a situation where um, this 24-year-old we're talking about or whatnot, the dynamics of his earning capacity and whatnot is very maybe above the fold for a 24-year-old or whatnot. And he chooses to, from that age, start. Even if his parents don't, it is don't really, it's not going to make any difference to them. But he would do it as a way of showing that whatever we, box we, we, we mentioned earlier on, right? But there's also the fact that maybe he's not even earning as much. But because he still wants to, um, I'll call it operates that law of showing, I won't call it respect, but because he wants to invest in that idea, yep. he would still do it. Maybe he's earning, like almost this, sometimes people call it first fruit. So sometimes regardless of what he earns, even if it's 10k at a job, he takes that first salary and gives it to his mother. Yep. Um, not because he doesn't have bills to pay, but he's trying to invoke that principle of, you know, that thing. So for me, um, I wouldn't want to reduce this conversation. I, or personally, I wouldn't reduce it to a thing of, or oh, when you introduce any capacity, you do X, Y, Z or whatnot. Because what then happens in that case is that, depending on the situation, if he then does it and does 10K or does whatever and gives his first salary to the mother, the mother can see that and acknowledge the principle he's trying to operate on and then reinvest the, the money back to him because for her, that's where she wants to see it. So yep. it's never really a, yeah, let me let you go on. And I guess like, me, me, me. Starting out that scenario was trying to trying to ask one question and say, in what scenario can we say that Jide in this case isn't taking care of his parents? So um, that's where. So that's where. Okay, that's going. the question. Yeah. Um. Honestly, there's, mo- there's many scenarios that can that can that, that can, can exist between yeah. from his side yeah. of his age point where he started making money, whatever. From from the parents' side. Their, yeah. their level of need, whether they're alone or not alone, level of urgency, several things. Yeah. But and, what, what, in what scenarios can we say that the kid, the adult kid, is not being a supportive child? Um, the way, as you were talking, the way I was thinking... Sorry for your answer. Yeah. I, I want to also say that I acknowledge I'm asking you tough, tough questions. <laughs> I'm not expecting them. you to give me answer. Yeah, no, the, I'm, I'm, I'm actually asking everyone thoughts, else yeah. and myself. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I think, again, like you said, our audience is, is pretty smart and clued on to this. Like, for us, this is exploratory. There's no right or wrong answer here. So, which is why I would always say for me, my opinion and all of that caveats that people tend to throw into situations. So, with that in mind, um, the way I see it is that the scenarios in which you would say Kunle or Tunde or whatever, this guy in the scenario where he's not doing the thing, I think is a, it will go back to the thing I said about the principles of it. Um, like what, what principle is he trying to enact? And I will, as you we were talking, what I was thinking about was this same guy when he was 10 or 12 or whatever age or 18 or whatnot with no earning capacity, what was the dynamics between him and his caregiver or his parents? Like, you know, is this someone that you'd say is a bad child or someone that didn't really care what was happening to his parents and things like that? So from that point, you've already, you've already started to draw lines. Because even if that person starts to throw money at his parents at some point, the principle is not being operated the right way. So for me, that's how I would see it. So I don't think there's a scenario where you'd say, oh, if you're earning X, Y, Z, and you're not giving your parents up to 10% or 20% and you're a bad child. I don't think that's it. I think, again, it's the principle of it. It's like what, with whatever you do or don't do, what's driving that motivation and what's, what's driving that decision that you're making. And I think that's where you then be able to correct and see if, okay, this person is doing a quote-unquote right thing or wrong thing. Or in more cases, this person can probably do better. So that actually leads nicely into some findings that I saw when I was reading as well. Yeah. And one thing that I found that I found interesting was a study that said both fathers and mothers who shared more activities with their kids. Now, activities in this sense is a proxy, in quotes, for mm. transfer of the value of time being a resource. Yeah. So fathers and mothers who shared more activities with their kids received high level of support from them. Mm. Which, which, again, they said this might be suggesting an investment model. Okay. Reciprocity. Mm. But it could also be that sharing more activities builds a lot more love. love. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Here's, a, here's another kick to a different study actually multiple studies actually um, 1990s and early 2000s again if anybody wants resources let me know As somebody <laughs> <laughs> if someone did that on the Instagram I remember and I was, I was glad she did and I gave it to her happily uh, okay. I, have, I have all these things stored people think I don't but I actually do <laughs> mm-hmm. um it's just in your history, bro. It's not as if it goes anywhere hiding. I know, anyway, yeah. I'm just um, and, and, and that piece of work showed that older moms received, I think this was American context, actually. Older, older moms received a lot more instrumental financial and emotional support from their children than older Wait. fathers did. And when we say older mothers and fathers, what are we talking about? 65 here? and above. Oh, you mean the age of the parents? Like, I'd, okay, okay. Yeah, so like parents okay. were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Which kind of like and that, that explanation was generally centered on greater maternal investments in time of, in time and motion doing childcare. So it still feeds back to the previous one. Yeah. 
But given the traditional dynamic of mother-to-kid relationships. Mm. And this one makes sense because, like, to be honest, like, even me, like, whenever I whenever think I about think it, of yeah, getting anything, anything <laughs> yeah, my yeah. Pre- I think of my mom first, usually. Yeah. <sighs> and I think the other... First the other... doesn't mean only. Uh, yeah. Right? But first. Yeah. There's not much I can add here based on personal yeah. experience. But I think it's also a thing of um, also like the cultural dynamics, right? The dad is probably the one that is always earning and things like that. And he's still the one providing for the primary home at some point. So I feel, yeah, that, that picture or mental picture or image of who needs to be supported, who most likely goes to the mother first. Or maybe it's also a guy thing. I don't know. Maybe the women tend to support their dads more. So when we, so when I thought about, okay, this altruism convolution, like let's say the more time they spend with them is not it's not it's not it's not it's not responsibility, but it's also love. Right? Yeah. I then tried to do more digging and I found a study that then showed that compared support for aging parents, but when the family is estranged. Okay. So in so in that way you the love factor cannot be that much of a key yeah. thing. But yet in those circumstances, right? Mm. Even when early parent-child relationships were emotionally distant, yeah, had no time commitment or even financial support, they went to the mother. The amount of support they received still increased by age, mm. and this kind of showed that altruism was was always took the, still takes the back seat mm. when it comes to reciprocity and reciprocity and the feeling of responsibility. Mm. Wait, no, I'm, I'm not trying to follow because, wait. So the study focused on families that were estranged. Okay. So estranged could be that when they were younger, there was no emotional connection. Yeah. Or there was no time spent. And then or what, there was no support. They were not. And what, did, what were the results? Right. But still, there was yeah. still increased amount of support. Okay. For parents as they age with other studies. But in the absence of love and altruism. Yeah. Okay. So that, 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 that takes us back to our first points when we, when we said we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't bring up altruism as a reason for us. Yeah. And that shows that it's not like we're crazy. It's just fundamentally. That's not, yeah. For many people, and I'd and I love to hear more about this from everyone who's listening, but, and again, I think it also depends on when you ask people. If, if, so I think someone answered 25, <laughs> which is different from when you're, different from your when answer you're, at yeah. 35. I feel like if we're, if we're having this conversation... Um, in, in five years, it's going to be different. Yeah, and five years ago as well, I feel like it would just be one of those random things. So, yeah, yeah, yeah which makes sense. So Now, th- this is the dark part of the conversation, but do you think about functional impairments? Do you think about the sad periods where, I mean, your your mom mm-hmm. or my mom will begin to need like help, like legit help? Yeah. Um. Let's not. We we don't need to like embellish this one a bit more because uh, I cannot just answer directly. I think for me it became more of a reality, and I think I messaged you at this point. Uh, more because of my grandma, right? right? Um. So my grandma is pushing. She turned eighty. Um, last December so you know and 
you know, funny enough, obviously, I've my grandma has always lived with us for as long as I can remember um, from when I was in like primary school. And my grandma, like, I, I have interesting, like, I have an interesting relationship with her. And you know, they're just moments that we've had and shared together. And I think last time I went home, which was last year, and I saw her, like, really, I hadn't seen her in a while because, again, my grandma is not going to video call me or anything. Like, and we, we're not that kind of a family. And I saw her and I was like, oof, like, okay actually it makes sense i i am pushing you know whatever age i'm pushing right now if i add that to how old she has always been more older than me then it makes sense that that's kind of like what's happening and i then then start to think about the fact that okay she's all, all my mom has always also been the kid that she's lived with the most right and right now there's certain things that my mom has had to sacrifice because she's taking care of my grandma um and for my mom i think I think also it's also a personality thing because she's never complained or anything. I think for her, it's just, I think we had a conversation about it recently. And I think what she said was that, um, like even from early on, she was always the one that was sort of like taking care. Like even in the early days, like when there wasn't a sense of taking mm, care of mm, your mother, mm. she was always that kid. So I think for her, this is the part she's almost okay my mom has siblings and my, my grandma has like seven or eight kids you know all doing their own thing but in terms of who my grandma has stayed with the most it's my mom and for me my mom has she has the way she said she's described it is that's the part that um she has chosen to play and she will play it very well right whereas um her brother um you know for him it's his own his own duties are very different but also quite heavy in their own respect so, so there's all of that but I think what then I made me think about was, geez, I am the only child. <laughs> so, you know, okay. Um, but, I'm a, but the funny thing is that my mom has always been an independent person for as long as I can remember. So I've not, like, whereas, whereas in her own case, early on in her own life, she's had to be that person for her mother because my grandma... I would say it's not as independent, but the dynamics of their relationship was just that different, right? Mm. So I'm just saying for me, I don't necessarily have that experience of, oh, you're doing something for your mom in that regard. So, but I'm now trying to, I'm starting to think about it like, well, kind of, you're getting to that phase where that's going to be a thing. Um, and I started, I started thinking, okay, first I'm not even in, I'm more back home. So what does that Trans mean? Transnational. What does that mean? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in maybe obviously people have this idea of like, and I, I mean, I'm thinking, I'm not thinking five, 10 years. I'm thinking, okay, even in 20, 30, 20, yeah, yeah. 40 years, right? You know, what does that mean? Um, this is also someone that is very, is clear, doesn't have any intentions of like, you know, moving away from wherever she is. So that's where she wants to be. There's also that element as well. And so it's like, and I now started to remember um, when I was in like SS3 or SS2, um, one of the fr family friends I had um, that I used to follow home from school, the dad would also stop by the mom's place, you know, after they dropped their kid off to either, you know, drop this or drop that or make sure she had stuff and all of those things or at least get them their help uh, to live in their house with them and things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. That was something that I was like, okay, that's an interesting um, thing that obviously now you're in the same city as your parents, so that's a possibility. But I feel like our generation will have to deal with this thing of, we're very scattered <laughs> like we are so <laughs> very scattered bro oh gosh um yeah I've, uh, 
honestly cannot wait. I don't know whether I'll still um, I, I, I don't know whether I'll still be plugged into the level of level of interest I take in reading about research on these things, but yeah, I'd just love to see how what our generation of the research says the, about the effect of <laughs> yeah. this scattering. Yeah, and the thing about social social dynamics of like sociology and mm. human geography, like the the unintended effects are with things that one can never even <laughs> imagine. Uh, yeah. But let's not let's not track away. I think that I think the story you gave was a very powerful story. I think it's so important to think about that because the realm at which we live is not the same at which our parents lived. At least, I mean, when they were growing up, mm. we have a lot more self interest in ourselves naturally. True, 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 true. true. As a generation true. And, and and as an era, mm. naturally, like. It's not embedded in us to that community. It's, it's not, not there. It's not there. It's not there, bro. It really isn't. Maybe for some, like I feel like, maybe for some people, some people listen to us now, and for them, it's there. But I'm like, you guys should know that you're in the minority. I don't. I don't think it's surprising to find out that you're in the minority. Like, and maybe we're speaking from what we are surrounded by, but I would not be surprised if when the data shows it, it just shows that we're very definitely a bit more individualistic than anything else. Like the evidence, there's just so much empirical, well, non-scientific empirical evidence to to look at. But go on. No, I think we'll wrap it up here. <laughs> Ooh, um, all the best, folks. Yeah, I think wrap it up here. I think, <laughs> I think I've gotten some answers. So thanks. Ah, okay. Um, I've gotten some clarity at least. And I think yeah. I'm, I'm glad we put this thought out there. That's what I'm mm. glad put it, put it out there. Because mm. the fundamental truth is everybody listening to this podcast, and I know that because I know the data of our <laughs> the demographics and the age, right? Yeah, true. Everyone listening to this podcast has probably spent already spent more time with their parents than they ever will again. Yeah. Simple fact. Mm. Sad simple fact. And that means that regardless of where you are, you're already contending this battle with time. And contending, contending not only with time, but with the surprise time is going to bring out. Mm. Surprising in who you will be when you are warranted to play the caregiving role, mm. but also who your parents will be when they're in need. Because boy, nobody puts a manual, manual on that thing. Mm. on the kind of needs your parents will have and how they will show those needs. Some needs will come through conflict, no requests. Mm. Some needs will come through tension. Yeah. And God forbid, some needs will come through very, very dramatic mother nature style. Mm. And I'd, to be ready for mm-hmm. that is, is crazy. To be ready for that while away is crazy. To be ready for yeah. that as an only child is even more crazy. Mm. And and to be to and to have that in your mind already mm. before the time of who comes is the, probably the craziest. Yeah, w- one can say it helps you to get ready, but does it? I don't know. Mm. And again, mm. uh, someone can say it's not that deep, guys. You guys, you guys are way over deep in it. Fair enough. 
<laughs> we always have a deep things. But I like it because life is deep. Like the, the, yeah. the things that the things that I, I the things that I think about every day in terms mm. of things that go well and don't go well. If, mm. it, when I think about why certain things don't go well and I realize how flawed my thinking is, how flawed I am, why I am more emotional than I think, why I'm probably anxious about certain things. I begin to see what's causing X and how X is causing Y and how Y is, is causing Z and how I never know Z existed. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, to unpack all of those things as, as a human being, as a young adult, it's very mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I think one thing I realized this week is, and, I, I, and I'm sure you might be happy to hear this, you know, I, was, I realized this week that I don't think my attachment style is secure anymore oh okay and i said that because when i watched that video that we did video, video posted of me speaking about changing an algorithms on the on our podcast yeah yeah i suddenly just hit me that i said it but i don't know i was talking about myself <laughs> mm. because i'm going through phases now where i'm getting thoughts and emotions that i'm just like Objectively speaking, looking at my looking at me as an alien, this is mm. not this is not someone who is very very secure, and I'm just mm. being honest. Mm. And I'm, I'm I'm thinking of the reasons why, and the reasons are extensively beyond what I can actually even begin to calculate, but they're deep. Mm. So point is, yeah, if you if you're saying that this is just pointlessly deep, fair enough, you might be right, but I think I take I take a lot more solace in in knowing that something is scary and I have to face it. I will choose yeah. courage in darkness than naivety and blindness. Mm. Any day, any time. Any day, any time. <laughs> yeah. And for me, like, when we talk about these things, like, if I put it out there in the open, I'll listen back to it. I'll hear some mm. comments. And whatever happens, a change will happen between now and two weeks. Mm. That will help me process something better or help me take an action or help me just look back and feel a bit more. I don't know, whatever it is, a change will happen. Mm. Mm. Yeah. For me, what I would say is that, like, um, with some of these things, there's always that balance of, you know, how soon should you bring forward something? Yeah. 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 To, to deal with now. And yeah. it's a fine, it's a fine balance, right? Because you can also just throw caution to the wind. But I think you just have to. Um, be sure that you take the positives that you can take from thinking about things ahead. Um, and so th- I think that's the benefit of thinking about the future in the sense that all the positives that you can think about to benefit you today, think like you can, you have the choice in this moment to pick that and drop the potential negatives and then deal with the negatives if or when they do come. As opposed to in your present, looking for trouble ahead and then bringing that trouble and anxiety to you today that then robs you of the joy today but it also doesn't give you any joy for tomorrow because you've all like here and then it's not like the the trouble that you brought from the future to today it's not like if you face it now when the future comes the trouble like it's you're just duplicating the trouble is what i'm saying so i'm saying the superpower that we have is being is i guess being able to look at the future 
um, look at the two scenarios and, and think about the and be aware of it, and then obviously pick the one that is positive and use that as what you're carrying forward. Like in Arsenal's case, for example, the future of either potentially winning the league or losing the league, but focusing on the fact that how oh, I can think about a future where I win the league, and then you carry that going as opposed to thinking that oh my god, there's a possibility that we're going to lose mm. this, and then you now start living in that feeling of man it's possible that we lose this thing so so it's easy to say it's easy to think about when you're not going through it but i think the more you talk about it and reassure yourself of the decisions that you're making about certain things i guess the easier it becomes to like go day by day and deciding okay i'm not going to and for me it's a daily lesson there's so many decisions that and so many things that are in the future for me that sometimes i find myself bringing the anxiety forward and I just have to remember that, hey, bro, like when that day comes, you will do the anxiety that day. But in today's day that we are, today has enough trouble of its own and enough blessings of its own for me to, you know, deal with. But I'll, I'll cap it here. We yep. can go on and on on this sort of like wrap up thing. And just round up, I guess the skill we're just saying in everything is the skill or the lesson from this conversation perhaps is to. First step, know what to be aware about. Know what to monitor know what to stall and know what judgment and action to defer to the future mm. because the future is inevitable. Our parents will age and responsibility would increase whether it's mental or whether it's mm. physical, whether it's actionable, whatever. The yeah. end. The Guys, end. we have a... If you're on Spotify, bravo. We have, mm. Spotify has a and a um, section now yeah. on our podcast which is great um, so please leave leave, please give us an answer for whatever question you're seeing on your screen right now because I'm not sure what question is going to be there mm. and we can also have a poll as well so we might put a poll on this um, so please answer the poll as well engage with us finally like Spotify is listening to our calls for at least one Apple one podcast app is listening to our calls for engagement mm. but if you're on Apple um, we can still use the comments on our discussion board mm. so the link is still in the bio um, we've gotten we've tried that for a week now we're going to try, try that for under one or two weeks yeah um, so again if you want to leave a comment if you're on Apple Podcast please feel free to leave a comment in the link if you're on Spotify please feel free to use the Q&A section below mm. guys thank you so much for obviously staying with us for the, ne- for the hour um, wish mm. you guys a great week and wish you guys all the best yep yep Cheerios um, Yellow Pill uh, Junkies is ah. on for one more week I guess wait this is what this is nine yeah this will be nine uh, so we have two more weeks sort of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Do that. almost over guys so again as Toby said if you haven't really done the survey and you know you've been looking at it and you know you've seen it you know you've ignored this 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 call many times please don't ignore it today please 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 <laughs> fill it up the list is growing we wanted to get even more data so please fill it up and we really appreciate that a lot mm. and we announced the winners in due course Alrighty, thank you all enjoy your week is this going to be east no this is not east no week still far away so um, see you next week guys peace out goodbye everybody And now a personal note to you, our listeners, to you listening right now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the LOPO podcast. 
Now we know that in our culture of 30-second content and quick sound bites, it makes it really hard to pay attention to longer-form discussions. So regardless of what brought you here, we are grateful for your time. Do give us a five-star rating and review if you like this episode. Also be sure to continue the conversation with your friends, your family, and your colleagues. Another way to support us is by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. We release new episodes every Monday. But don't forget to follow us at the Yellow Peel Pod on Instagram and at Yellow Peel underscore pod on Twitter to stay in touch with us during the week. Once again, folks, thank you for taking Yellow Peel with us today. I'm your co-host Wally as always, and right next to me is Toby. And we both wish you the very best in the coming weeks. Till next time, peace and love, people. Peace and love. <laughs>